Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Jacob, it's a nice day in the neighborhood. Turkey didn't gobble this morning, so here we are. We're going to record today. Well, it didn't gobble this morning, but I wasn't chasing a turkey this morning, so I really didn't know that was going to be an extra bonus if I could. I had a uh, plan last night. I had an early phone call I had to get on this morning, so I... I decided I was going to do a little filming and a little predator control at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I eased back to a box stand. You know, I bought that shot cam a couple weeks ago and I've been trying to play with it and see what all I could do with it. And I took the big video camera and then I took the shot cam and I put it on my AR and I said, well, I'm going to go back here and shoot some pigs or some coyotes. I've had both on camera. So I said, well, well, we'll try to get one of those on film. Well, had two coyotes come out early was trying to get the camera set up on them. They were on a old logging road, and by the time I got the cameras up, I, I I had the choice. Either I could get them on film or I could shoot them, and wound up got them on film but did not get a shot on film. So it was a, it was kind yeah. of a moot point. But they cut around behind me, got in the woods where I had shot a pig last week. He got over in a thicket, and I couldn't find him. Well, the buzzards and apparently the coyotes had found him. So they put up a howling match, and them and the buzzards had a ongoing contest there for a little bit, which I enjoyed getting a watch. But Yeah. The biggest, I had a little – I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast. I know we talked about it, but uh, talking about predator hunting, I've been saying it for the last several months that I need I need to start trapping more. I used to trap a pretty good bit when I was younger, I mean, years ago, but, you know, going through deer season and, and getting some trail cam pictures of all these coons and stuff and the occasional fox, the occasional bobcat. And I started thinking about this turkey season. I was like, I've got to start trapping more. And then that, uh, I guess it was last time Shedder and I hunted together, went back behind my mom and dad for, for an afternoon hunt. And, uh, and Shedder had, had taken his, uh, his about fourth turkey hunting nap of the day so he was sitting over beside me sleeping, and I was just sitting there looking on my phone and stuff. And and um, I thought I, I was sitting on one of our fence rows that we got, and I kept hearing something. I was thinking it was birds, you know, just hopping around in the leaves. Didn't think a whole lot about it. And it, it kept it kept kind of coming closer. And I'd look over there for a minute, and I'd get back looking at my phone or whatever, and and I'd call about every twenty minutes, something like that. And had a decoy set out in the field. And uh, I kept hearing this, kept hearing this. I'm like, it's got to be, you know, some kind of varmint. I don't know what it was, but I kept looking, kept looking. And finally I spotted something kind of going a little bitty opening between some hedge bushes I could see on the ground. And I'm like, that's a possum. And uh, and it got closer, and I saw its head. I said, oh, crap, that ain't a possum. That's a bobcat. And uh, and so I started easing. By, my, my, my gun was laid up on the tree right, that I was sitting beside. Because, you know, obviously I've been taking Shedler all year, hoping he'd get his first bird. And uh, and so I just started easing my hand around. And I couldn't tell Shedler to wake up. I'm finna shoot a bobcat. So I just kind of eased my gun around. And by the time I get my gun almost to my shoulder, that bobcat spots me at literally five steps. And I do a quick draw on it. 
and I missed it at five steps. I didn't, I, I mean, I couldn't even aim. And, um, and I, I shot, he jumps up thinking I didn't shot a turkey out from under him. And uh, I'm like, he, well, how big was it? I said, it was a bobcat. Why'd you shoot that? I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I do enjoy having a few turkeys around. So, um, I wanted to kill the bobcat and he was, and then, well, did you kill it? I said, heck no, I didn't kill it. I mean, you know, I can imagine what my pattern looks like with a turkey choke and TSS nines at five yards, but, um, maybe he's deaf. Maybe he won't ever hear a turkey. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that was the extent of my varmint hunt this year slash turkey hunt turned into varmint hunt. It'll run your blood pressure but, up pretty quick, won't it? Well, it was a small bobcat. I mean, a small one, but, um, but yeah, and I actually seen a post on Facebook today of a guy that got attacked by a bobcat while he was turkey hunting. I don't, I don't think I was in. Was a cut under? Of, was a cut under his chin? Yeah, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, I think it posted yesterday. But dude, on social media this year, and, and maybe it's just more people are posting them, or or maybe I've just paid more attention. But it's been several people. You know, the guy in Florida got attacked by the panther. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen where several folks, you know, one guy was, you know, adamant, you know, always sit down with a good-sized tree to your back because when you're calling, you don't you don't know if one's sometimes slipping up behind you. So especially if well, you're standing you ever, in a tent you ever think about you. it? I'd never think about it. No, I don't until I see one. Like this morning, the two coyotes that came out, I mean, I've had yeah. coyotes slip up. I've, I've shot them on turkey hunts before. And if it comes out, it's getting hammered. Um Oh yeah, yeah. I'll sacrifice a turkey hunt to you know kill a coyote or a bobcat or something like that. You know, I had a hunt first this year where pigs came up on me in the dark, and could I have seen one of them? It, it safety was off, and I was already pointed in their direction. I was fixing to unleash fury, fury in their direction because <laughs> it sounded yeah. like about twenty of them in that group. So no, I'll, I'll work on a predator and let the turkey have a couple of days to rest yeah. and then come back, but. Yeah, but I've seen I've seen you know several posts about people getting attacked by a bobcat while turkey. I've, I mean, I never think about it, and that was the first one I've ever you know seen close up while I was turkey hunting, and, and I don't think I was in no threat of this thing getting on me because I'm telling you, by the time I moved, he was he was he was hunting somewhere else to go, and um, but I, I I believe it probably came to to the calling. I mean, I had a decoy out in the field, and I don't know if it was trying to sneak around to it, but um. But he was he was sure coming up coming up my way and wish I could have got him but I didn't. But uh, we got a pretty good show lined up for today. Uh, going to going to talk to a to a young lady that uh, I think she's probably spent a little bit of time in the woods. She has, my understanding, and she's from pretty close to our local area. So pretty close, pretty close. We were just talking with her, and uh, she says she spends time and heck just about about the whole surrounding southwest mississippi area it uh it sounded like so um what yeah, say, Jay, Roland, introduce who we got today we have miss kenzie schaefer on with us today miss kenzie how are you doing i'm doing fine how about y'all oh girl we good we're just trying oh, to we're good wrap another day up and see if we can't find something else to torment yeah <laughs> Well, Kenzie, what uh, what part of the world do you uh, do you call home? Well, I live in Pride, Louisiana, but Dolorosa is probably where I call home. That's where my camp is, and 
I spend just about all my time up here unless I have to go home and show a house. I sell real estate, so I'll, um, I'll stay up here as long as I can. If I got a show in, I'll go home, show it, come back that night and try to hunt again, especially turkey season. Stay up here and hunt. Yeah, I don't see anything yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> well, have you had any luck this year? Yeah, and then with all the virus and all that going on, everybody's quarantined, so I I don't see a problem with quarantining in the woods, so that's what I've been doing. I've hunted just about every day of the season this year. Normally, I only get about probably 10 or 15 hunts in, but this year, I've got to hunt just about every day since it opened, so I've been pretty blessed. So, has the quarantining helped with the turkey killing, or... <laughs> It has, yes. Well, at least some, at least somebody has. Yeah, I killed one bird this year, um, uh, probably two weeks ago at our lease in Dolorosa up here, and I've had several close calls this year, um, getting within seventy or eighty yards of them on, on the limb or on the ground, and then you hear a hen or see a hen fly down, they shut up and go the other way. Always ends up being the same story, so. How well I know. <laughs> yeah, I think you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, <laughs> we've all been there, done that. Uh, Kenzie, who who got you started into hunting? Kind of tell us how you got into to loving to go hunting as much. Um, definitely my daddy and my brothers. My whole family is like diehard hunters, like. Any family function you come to, if we're just hanging out in the living room, it's always going to be hunting. Like, that's all my family talks about, from drama and hunting to, the, you know, their best kill stories. So, um, my daddy got me into it for sure, though. I remember when I was probably four or five years old is when he took me hunting for the first time that I remember. And um, I killed my first deer when I was five, and ever since then i'm like like if my daddy got dressed to go out the door and go hunting he wasn't leaving without me so i always stuck with him and then i uh started turkey hunting when i was probably probably nine years old i finally asked him if i could go with him and our first turkey hunt together um i thought it was very annoying because we had some turkeys come in to probably 100 yards, and they just kept gobbling and gobbling and gobbling and gobbling, and I didn't know anything about it yet, so I was like, I, he looked at me, he was like, you're enjoying this? It was a big old smile on his face, and I said, no, sir. He was like, why not? I said, it's kind of annoying. He said, annoying? I said, yeah, well, I don't understand what we're doing right now. Like, they've been gobbling for like an hour, and like, why are we not seeing them? Like, I just didn't understand. And he was like, well, you got to be patient. I'm trying to get them in. But, I mean, don't call it annoying. This is good. We have turkeys gobbling 100 yards from us right now, like three of them. So uh, the turkeys never did come in. You know, they probably got with hens too. But um, I didn't care too much to go back after that. And then I think a year or two later, I, I went back with him, and I ended up killing a Jake, my first turkey. And uh, after that, I was hooked on turkey hunting. So, Turkey hunting is definitely my favorite hunting, and my favorite hunting partner is my daddy because I think he's the best. He's a legend, and he's killed he's killed 166 turkeys in his life. And uh, wow, yeah, 
he counted them the other night. He has them all hanging up in his taxidermy shop by tens, and he's killed 166. He has every one of his beards and spurs and the shotgun shell he killed him with. So, and he can tell you just about every story with every one of them. But well, how how many different states did he cover to get that? So each year he'll hunt Mississippi first, and he usually tags out, and then he'll hunt Louisiana and kill two. And then he goes to Missouri every year, sometimes Nebraska, and then I think he's been to Texas a few times. Yeah, so he gets around. Yeah. Look, if you're going to put up numbers, you've got to travel. You can't mm-hmm. you can't do it just in one state alone, and it doesn't matter which state it is. If right. you're going to try to – and I'm sure he's like I am. I like to travel just to go to new places. I like to see new terrain and see – you know, if turkeys react differently to different things, and it, yeah. it always it's part of the fun, part of the game. Right. Now, did you say you did? He has a taxidermy shop. Oh, he just has a little shop at the house, and he only does deer heads. He'll do like a shoulder mount or skull mount, but that's the only things he mounts. He doesn't do turkeys or anything else. So, do you get involved in that any? I don't. I'll go out there and visit him every now and then while he's flushing a hide because he gets bored out there. But um, I've never actually helped him with any of it. Okay. I didn't know if that was something else that you had on your your list of do's or not. No, not that. Well, Kenzie, following, you know, I, I know Jeremy and I both have kept up with you on social media. I know you know a lot of folks here local, but... Y'all have done something over the last couple of years, and it's something that's intrigued me. Tell us the story about Duck and what all y'all have done there. Um, So Duck is my daddy's youngest brother, and he, of course, part of being part of the family, loved to hunt just as much as we all do. He loved turkey hunting more than anything. And uh, he actually passed away in a car accident last February, and... You know, turkey season was right around the corner. So when turkey season started, after he passed away last year, we all got his gun, his shotgun, and um, took turns hunting with it last season. Um, My daddy went first, I believe, and he killed a turkey with it. And then my older brother killed a turkey with it, then my younger brother. And then one of Duck's buddies just recently borrowed it to go to Texas, and he killed a turkey with it, too. So we're just kind of passing this gun around um, each season to everybody in the family or, you know, close family friends who want to borrow it to kill a turkey with it. And it it's just way more special to kill one with his gun. I hadn't killed one with it yet, but my daddy told us the story about his hunt with it last year when he killed his turkey. He said, you know, normally when you shoot your turkey, you get up. Well, we do, and we take off running to it. Well, this turkey, he said he shot it, and he just put his gun down. Just He just started crying. He said he sat against the tree for two hours before he finally got up to go look at his bird. And so he said it just it was just so special when he pulled the trigger on Duck's gun to kill that turkey. So we're just kind of passing it around to anybody who wants to kill one with it. And then we go to his grave after, and, you know, we'll take one of the tail feathers and we have a little vase at his grave and just fill the vase up with it. So it's pretty full this year. Um, a lot of family friends and us have, 
we've all went by and put a feather in it. So it's real pretty. But hopefully I'll get the gun before this season ends so I can try and kill one with it. You know, that's kind of one of the, the prime examples of And we hear it a lot, you know, small talk between us or other people will get on the show that, you know, hunting – you know, 99% of the time is more than just a kill. It's a memory made. It's a and just you know, killing birds with a with, with an uncle's gun. You know, it's a just a prime example of how you know hunting is a lot more than just you know harvesting that. Yeah, that that you know that's a a, a pay and respect. Uh, carrying a, a family member or anything uh but you know you 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 feel like you're taking part of that person with you and making a new memory with it and right and enjoying some old memories at the same time so that that's why that is yeah i've kept up with that as y'all have gone through and done it and what an awesome you know tribute to to pay to a fallen friend or family member Right. Yeah, I, you know, and I kind of worried about asking you about that. I was like, ooh, that may be one of those topics that may be hard to talk about. But you did really well there. Well, thank you. Uh, last year, if you would asked me about it, you know, a month after he passed, I, pr- I probably wouldn't have been able to talk about it. But now all I can do, I just smile, you know, when just when I hear duck stories and, you know, everybody up to Liberty and past knew who he was and, you know, everywhere I go, people want to talk talk about Duck. And so, um, I mean, all I can do is smile now at all the memories he made with everybody. And I like how we keep the little tradition going with the gun and, you know, adding the feathers to the grave. It, it's like, you know, they always say gone but never forgotten. And he he surely ain't. Like, he's, he's with us through our hunts and everything. Um, last year when Cody, my older brother, got Duck's gun, uh, his first shot with it at a turkey, he said he blew off the side of a pine tree because when he was aiming, the turkey was right to the left side of the pine. And when he aimed, he was dead down on the bird, but the gun wasn't quite to the left, if you know what I mean. And so mm-hmm. he blew off the side of that pine tree, and he said he just he just grinned because he was like, yep, duck's laughing at me right now, and he got me. <laughs> and so, uh, he went back hunting again, and he ended up killing him with it last year, but. We got good stories with it. That's awesome. Yeah, we, you know, and I know a lot of listeners do. Uh, Jeremy and I both do. We've we've got friends that you know have have passed, and there's always something at the duck camp or something that gets brought up, and a story gets told. Well, then it leads to twelve more stories, and everybody's laughing mm-hmm. and rolling, and you know. Uh, that's the things that a lot of folks that aren't in the hunting community or, you know, that really don't enjoy the outdoors with folks, you know, don't always get. Is that the, the relationships you build, they go further than the hunt. You know, they, they right. last you a lifetime and, and sometimes further than a lifetime. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hope. Yeah, it, it, was, it was something similar. You know, we, we had one of our real good friends pass away that, that duck hunted with us and, I guess it was it was like the the first duck hunt that that we went on after he passed. We had um, me and a buddy of mine were, were hunting together. Just two of us went up to the camp that weekend, and we uh, we had a little hunt that morning and and had some success. And we um, we took a little 
little gathering of, of flowers we, we went and bought and you know we got done with the duck hunt that morning and and uh picked decoys out and, and it was it was a place he had hunted with us before and we just we laid those flowers out there on the water and you know just just we, we just you know felt the presence almost and mm-hmm. you know laid them out there and and went on about our day but you know i can i can definitely relate to to uh to, to you know how special something like that is Oh yeah, that gave me chills. That story you just told, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a pretty special thing. We just, you know, we we kind of racked our brain about, you know, we we want to we want to do something, you know, for this hunt, and and um, and that's kind of kind of what we came up with. But you yeah. know, it, those people are always in your mind, and you know, it, it's it's hunting a lot of times that that bring people together, and and uh and so. Anytime you go on a hunt, you know it's always bring back a bring back a good memory in some some way, shape, right. form, or fashion. Well, Co- well, Kizzy, you are a you're a real estate agent, correct? Correct. So, did hunting kind of play any any part in in kind of choosing that career, or is that <laughs> something you just kind of kind of went off on? You know, without without hunting really playing an influence in it. No, hunting definitely did. <laughs> um, I've always told my mama I didn't really want to go to college because I don't believe college is for everybody. And I absolutely hated school so much. And I was like, once I graduate and walk across this stage, I'm done. And she was like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Think of something for me that I don't have to be stuck in an office being told what to do all day. Like, I want to be outside and inside. She was like, well, you're just difficult. So then one day she was like, why don't you sell real estate? And I was like. And I can hunt anytime I want to. And so I got to thinking about it, and I I decided, like, it wasn't probably two weeks later. I, I was signed up for the online class in Baton Rouge, and I did it and finally passed the test. And then ever since then, I have no regrets. Like, I love my job. I'm just licensed in Louisiana right now. But uh, eventually I'll get my license in Mississippi. But I love what I do. Like, you might go a couple months without selling a house, but – just like I said, this turkey season, I've got to hunt just about every single day since it opened because of my job. And with the virus, a lot of people were kind of sketchy about going and looking at houses. So I'm like, I mean, that's fine. I'll just stay up here and hunt again. <laughs> now, Kenzie, do you do just houses <laughs> yeah. or do you do houses and land also? Yeah, I do land as well. Well, not to give away all of our guys up here secret, but, you know, a lot of the realtors in this area – kind of use that as a hunting opportunity you know they'll oh, list really? they'll list a couple hundred acres and then they'll you know well you know let me let me kind of showcase your property i noticed you had some turkeys on here if, if you'll let me i'll come you know hunt on it and then we'll have a you know we'll be able to show what all's here we'll put out some game cameras or and uh that kind of allows them another opportunity to be able to expand on both because they are showcasing the property a little better, and they're actually getting an opportunity to spend a little more time on it, hunting it. Just yeah. A, just a little food for thought, because we, we've interviewed a couple of folks here lately that have shared some of that with us, and it's like, you sorry rascal. <laughs> hey, how un- right how unfortunate you must be to go to work every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and this... In this world of time and economy and everything, but now, Kenzie, you you have a, and and we were talking before the show, but you you've got a social media presence that 
you have grown and without really trying to grow it. Right. Kind of walk us into how, how all of that began. So my, for Facebook, I usually only accept people that I know. I don't, I don't really know why I do that. I guess I try to keep it more family friendly. Um, and just to have some privacy because my Instagram is public. And so there's thousands of people on there who I do not know that message me throughout the day, you know, creeps, nice people, friends, whatever. But I try to keep my Facebook a little more private. And um, my Instagram, I started when I was probably 15, maybe 14. And it's always been private. Well, then the last two years, uh, I had made it public. And I always would get a whole lot more likes on pictures that I posted hunting. And I mean, I didn't care that I got more likes. I just noticed one day, I'm like, people must like that I hunt. So um, I started posting more of, you know, more stuff in the woods, even if it wasn't an animal that I killed, just maybe a shed horn or a rattlesnake or an alligator we caught, just anything like that, I would post it because I enjoyed it and I thought it was pretty cool. And then a lot of people that don't get to see stuff like that every day, might want to see it so i'd post it and get a whole bunch of likes on it and like i said once i made my page public i get a pretty good bit of followers a day um just from it being public because i don't have to accept them you know they can check my page out follow me if they want to and people seem to like the hunting pictures that i post so they keep up with it and um if i you know, if I go hunting in the morning and post video of the turkey goblin, I'll get probably 10 or 15 messages throughout the day and people asking, did you kill that turkey this morning? So I like that people <laughs> people care to ask, you know, if I killed the turkey I was on this morning because, heck, that means a lot. I love to tell them the story of how all my hunts go. So, But recently I've gotten a lot more followers on my Instagram because of the show that I was on. Um, in October for Lover Likes. That's where I was going with that. I was wanting to kind of lead up to, you know, so you you starting Facebook and Instagram and, and not really going for likes actually led you into being on a TV show on the hunting channel that was just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Definitely. And... um I look back now and like when I got called to be on the show, I was like, you know, like, why'd y'all call me? Why'd y'all pick me for this? They were like, well, it's a show. We pick four to five girls a season. And it's basically, which I hate to say this because it just sounds braggy, but it's the famous girls, which means you have a lot of followers on your Instagram. And so when he said that, I was th thinking to myself, well, good thing I made it public a couple of years ago and got all these followers because had I not, they would have never called me to be on it. Because the whole point is, you know, each girl has to have a good amount of followers, you know, anywhere from 10,000 to 200,000 or more. And I was, I was pretty thankful that I had made public because I got the opportunity to be on the show. And so I told them, yeah. And, um, you know, they flew a couple girls in from up north and then, I drove there because it was just right there in Ala, which is not far from West Monroe. So mm -hmm. I drove there from the camp and um, met the other girls when I got there. It was me and three others. And 
um, Matt Buzzbiss is the one who hosts the show. So we got to meet him finally, and uh, he introduced everybody and, you know, sent us into the garage to our lockers to show us all our stuff. We had gotten a free crossbow, a free compound bow, all brand new camo, and, you know, a hunting book sack and, um, like, all kinds of bait from uh, Wild Game Innovations and anything you need to go hunting. And so... We all went in there and checked out our stuff and then got dressed and we hunted that evening. And, um, you know, we were there from that Sunday to the following Saturday. So we got probably 10 or 11 hunts in that week. And I killed more animals within that week than than it would take me, you know, three years around here to kill. So, and it was all strictly bow hunting. It was uh, sometime in October is when we went. And... You know, they aired it on Outdoor Channel, which it's being aired now every Thursday at 6 and 9. So, uh, six episodes long, and we are on episode four this week. So, y'all have to tune in tonight and watch. So, you're on all six of those episodes? What's that? So, you're on all six of those episodes? Yeah, all four of us girls are shown, you know, a couple times on each episode. Okay. Yep. And it looked, Kenzie, it's, it's on record here at the house. Uh, my girls have gotten into it, and I've enjoyed watching it. And the, it looks like just a phenomenal piece of property that y'all have the opportunity to go and be on. Mm-hmm. It was uh, 55,000 acres of land, and he's got a section near the lodge that you see in the commercials and all that huge, beautiful lodge that he's got there. Uh but he's got he's got it fenced in around his lodge and just uh, you know he'll hunt that area or his dad or special clients that they'll bring in. But they had mentioned to us, you know, I asked them on the phone because I heard it was a high fence. So I asked on the phone whenever they invited me to come. I said, you know, if it's a high fence, that's going to be a deal breaker for me because my daddy will disown me if I hunt a high fence. So. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, no, no. Or my whole family will actually, but they were like, it's not a high fence. They said it. They said it's a three-sided fence, and you know, I guess they have one side is alongside the highway, which I understand that, and then, um, then the other side is the fence that is near the lodge, and then I'm not sure where the other side is, but it's fifty-five thousand acres, and so I'm like, even if it is, you know, just three-sided, it's fifty-five thousand acres, so it's not like you know, these deer are just trapped in this small area and, you know, don't have any advantage. So I told them, yeah, and I went and I had the best week of my life there. It was a great time. Walk us through. So, Go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say, so y'all recorded the show. Y'all recorded all six episodes in one week's time. Yes, we did. They have a ton of footage and, um, you know, they started recording on Sunday about, three o'clock when we rolled in and then they stopped around on Friday evening, which is when they announced the winner. They stopped recording about six o'clock and then that was it. But we had a camera in our face the whole week we were there. So we had to be careful, you know, if we want to talk crap about somebody, <laughs> turn our microphone off, <laughs> um, which we did a little bit of that, you know, it's four girls. <laughs> we sneak up to the room and talk a little bit and come back down. So, well, and Kenzie, 
you know, from me watching the show, I know he asked it the other night of, of one of the girls, but, you know, y'all are there to hunt or there, you're, I guess you're really more there to prove whether the name of the show is for love or for likes. So are you, do you love hunting or are you doing it just for the likes on social media? Oh, I absolutely love it. I mean, I started, like I said, when I was probably four years old that I can remember hunting with my daddy and I mean, social media wasn't a thing then. And so, um, you know, I've been hunting my entire life and then I guess social media is just a kind of a bonus because um, that's where it got me was getting to go there and kill my first bow buck and my biggest buck I've ever killed and my first hog with a bow and several does that week and like I'm telling you it was the best week ever and y'all got to learn a lot of new stuff I know y'all did a lot of stuff with Tacticam and and camera placement and trying to figure out how to get the best video and we did yeah the Tacticam guys came in and showed us how to work the Tacticams and they actually made a hunt too if y'all watched last episode they they were showing us a little bit about the cameras um and how many different angles you can get of your kill so when they gave them to us, we kind of followed that. And, you know, you can put them out on the ground, put it on your stabilizer, put it on the tree above your head. And they told us that we each got five Tacticams. And um, for every angle, you know, for every Tacticam that caught the kill on camera, like era passing through, uh, you get five points for that. So you could get as many as 25 extra points per kill if all five cameras got the kill on camera. So once they gave those to us, our points started going up a lot and it was very helpful. My, uh, my cameraman was really good at, you know, picking spots. And so he helped me rig it up above my head on the tree and on my bow. We actually had two on my bow at one point up on the top. Um, and then down by the stabilizer and down on the ground. And we caught, we caught probably at least four angles for the tacticams of all my kills. So I was pretty thankful for my guy, my cameraman. Well, then watching the first three episodes, I noticed that the two of the competitions y'all did that have been on and anybody that hadn't watched it, go watch them. But y'all were using the practice bow for two of them. And then Mm -hmm. y'all used a compound bow shooting when y'all were trying to you could pick a different spot if you wanted to hunt. You know, the first challenge was y'all, you had to, that one was who had the most points after shooting at the, the virtual target. Mm-hmm. And then you got to pick which hunt zone you wanted to go to. And then the second one, you could, you could steal a hunt zone. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. And then the third. Um, so you're talking about the Acubo. The Acubo. There you go. I'm old. I, I don't always remember the name of everything. <laughs> yeah. So the first challenge, uh, right, you know, right before we made our first hunt Sunday evening, he showed us the Acubo and Brooke, the brown headed girl, she actually works for the owner of Acubo. So she was pretty familiar with it. And Sydney, Sydney Katz, she has one as well. Me and Sadie had never used one before. So he showed us how to use it or whatever. And um you either get a deer or a hog walk out (laughs) on the screen and you can see that on the show if you watch it but uh so you just want to you know 
long shot, hard shot, whatever. You want to put a good shot on it, and then it tells you your points after you let go and shoot. Well, of course, me, Louisiana girl, um, a hog comes out first on my screen, and so I shot it in the head. <laughs> and <laughs> Matt was like, uh, looks like you're trying to head shoot him. And I was like, I shoot him in the head. Like, it's a hog. That's what my daddy <laughs> makes us do. We go hog on that night with the thermal or whatever. He tells us, you know, put it put the, put it right there on his temple. And so I should have known, you know, holding a bow in my hand, even though it wasn't a real-life situation, I should have put it, you know, behind the shoulder. But me, I'm like, oh, black hog in the head. And so that shot didn't count. Well, then my second animal came out. It, it happened to be a deer. And obviously I put it behind the shoulder and I hit that shot. But Sadie ended up winning that challenge. And because, um, I don't know, she put a better shot on her. So she won the best hunt zone on the place, which was zone one. So she got to hunt it twice. And then Monday, you have a challenge each day. And so then Monday came and it was the still your hunt zone challenge. Well, Brooke wasn't real happy with her spots because when we got there and checked our night camera pictures that they had pulled, Brooke didn't have any daytime bucks on camera. So she was all upset about that. And she saw all the deer on Sadie's camera in zone one. So Matt kind of saw how Brooke was feeling about that. So he came up with that challenge kind of on the spot. And uh, he expected us to all shoot Sadie's zone. But we surprised him. Me and Sydney did because she shot her zone. I shot mine. And then it basically was a competition between Brooke and Sadie at that point. And so they went shot for shot at zone one to see who was going to win it. And Brooke did. And so she stole Sadie's zone and ended up shooting a buck um that evening and then um the third challenge came and that was an acubo challenge as well well sadie wins that one so then she gets to go to public land which is another quote-unquote best spot on the place and that first evening she hunted she saw like six shooters and she uh, may or may not have shot a buck. I can't say yet. <laughs> I think so. Don't get too far ahead now. Don't, the, the show yeah. hasn't completely aired. So, Yeah, that's about where it stops there. So, Well, I know, like I say, we've, we've been following and keeping up with it, and it's it's been a really neat just to see. And I know you, you have way more detail than, than you can give us, but tell us about, you know, how – how big of a shock or a transition was it to go into having a camera in your face all the time? You know, how much more pressure was it, you know, having a cameraman, having five different angles on something? I mean, mm-hmm. a normal hunt's stressful enough a lot of times. You know, yeah. You're trying not to get, it's between you and the animal, and then all of a sudden you've added a whole new list of components to it that, mm-hmm. you know, do I do I make, if I miss this, how, how silly am I going to look or you know, how much yeah. added pressure was it by having everything else involved? It was very different. Um, I mean, as soon as they hooked the mic up to us when we got there in the driveway, we were all weirded out. Like, just, it was just weird. And all the cameras in our face, we didn't know when they were recording or when they weren't. Or do, do we just be ourselves, or do we say what they want us to say? Like, you know, we were just confused at first. But um, I was ready to just get out there and hunt where I could obviously be myself and get in my zone and uh i figured everything would be all right well then 
on episode one, the Hulk, a big Hulk comes out, and um, I thought well, there's only one cameraman and one big camera, so I thought he is like videoing me, you know, when I draw back to shoot. I didn't know there was any reenactments involved in that, so <laughs> I thought the camera was on me, and I just, like, I got extremely nervous. I wasn't nervous because it's just a haul, but once I, you know, put my release on my loop, I was like, oh, crap, like, I don't want to do this. This is about to be on TV, so I drew back, and I missed, like, I shot about a foot under that hog, and then... You know, he videos the hole running off, and then he looks at me, and he was like, well, and I was like, I don't I don't want you to video me. And he was like, I videoed a shot. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm good. I got this. I thought, you know, I thought he was looking at me. The camera was looking at me. I had a lot of pressure on me then. But then, you know, once I found out there's some reenacting involved, I was fine. And um, after that, I killed I killed everything after that. I didn't put any bad shots or anything. I was, you know, back to myself, just in my zone, and it was just a lot of killing after that. So, but how, how much grief did you catch from your daddy and brothers? So it was very different. How much grief did you catch from your daddy and brothers for the myth? <sighs> I had like forty <laughs> text messages. We had a group text going, and my mama was in it. My brothers, my daddy, um, my daddy's good friend from Centerville. Aaron Freeman, I don't know if y'all know him. I do. You do. He's in the group text with us, so they're all texting me, no way. And my daddy's like, really, Kenzie? And I'm real proud now. And I'm just, you know, giving me crap about it. And so I didn't want to tell them because I didn't want them, my daddy and brothers, to get in my head and discourage me throughout the whole week. So um, I hesitated on that. But I sent them the video once I calmed down and took the crap they gave me and, you know, blew it off. And my mom was always right there to say, y'all shut up. Kenzie, you did good. You'll, you'll kill everything from here on out. She's always positive. So, um, I was fine after that. The next, or we got back to the lodge and after I had blamed the bow because it wasn't my personal bow, it's the one they gave us. So I told my cameraman, I'm like, it's freaking bow. And he was like, well, let's shoot it when you get back. So we got back and I shot the target hit perfect and i was like all right this is me i gotta do something about it so my next hunt was a uh, um that evening and i believe i killed something that evening so it was it was good from there on the rest of the week now the friendships on the show are you still in contact with the folks that were on the show yes me and the girls talk have talked every single day since the show like we have a little group snapchat going and we send stuff every single day, whether it's about hunting or just, you know, what we're doing that day, anything. We talk every day. Still any competition? Any competition between us? Yeah. Even though the show's nah. over? Now, not still trying to outdo each other? or <laughs> Not now. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, I know I've enjoyed it, and I know it was, like I say, it was a, a really awesome experience. And, you know, I, I, the gear that y'all got to use, had you ever used some of that stuff? Are you referring to, like, the the well, bait and the... The bait, the... the well, you said you hadn't, you'd never used AccuBow. Had you ever shot a crossbow or, or had spent much time fooling with one? No, I had never even put my hands on a crossbow before, and so... um. 
you know, I was like, I'm not shooting a crossbow. Like, if, if I agree to come on the show, y'all are not going to force me to shoot a crossbow, right? Like, cause I'm fully capable of shooting a compound bow, but I call it a real bow. <laughs> and so they're like, no, 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 we're not going to make you. And I was like, okay. And they said, you know, they're going to watch us shoot when we got there, shoot our compound bows, and then kind of give us advice for the week if we should use the crossbow or the compound. And so they seemed to be pretty satisfied with my shots at the target on that first day. So um, me and Sadie hunted with our compound bow the whole week, but she had never used a crossbow either. So our first time to use it was um, on that second challenge with the steal your hunt zone challenge. And he just, you know, he showed us how to load it and then told us just ease the trigger like a rifle trigger. So it felt like I was shooting a gun. I think so. You stuck your zone pretty solid. So I, I don't think you had a whole lot of issue with it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't nothing to it. So, but I'm, I'm still glad I had chose to shoot my compound both for, for the whole week. You know, you get 10 extra points too for killing your kills with a compound bow rather than a crossbow. So that, that helped me out too. Okay. I missed, I missed that in the trying to gather up how they were scoring points, but Mm-hmm. Now, by being on the show, uh, how much has your social media presence expanded or grown since y'all did the show and it started airing? I got, with the first airing, I got, um, I've probably got three or 4,000 more followers than I had when I first got there to record for the show. So it's definitely grown a little bit and... I, you know, I get a lot more messages when it is airing on Thursday nights. People will message me, you know, take a picture of their little watch party and say, we're watching you, you know, people I've never met before. That's pretty um, cool. From up north and, you know, all over. And so I'll message them back and tell them, thank you, you know, stay tuned. It'll be good. And um, I, I like I like whenever people reach out and are actually nice because having a big social media, a big Instagram follow you get a whole lot of crap and then you get you know some nice people who are supportive of you and reach out and check in on you and see how you know how your hunting season's been going and they'll share theirs with you so i like that but you definitely catch crap with it as well well you know everything you do you're gonna get the good and the bad but Mm -hmm. you know by being on the show you you proved which you didn't have to prove it to anybody but you know a lot of (laughs) a lot of times you see things on social media and you, you don't know if, if that person's really a hunter or if that person is, you know, just taking pictures. And I think on the show, he actually asked one of y'all, uh, you know, are you going to fake it till you make it? And I think he was shocked when she actually said, yeah, I am. Uh, and it <laughs> was like, and it was like, wow. Oh uh, yeah. She actually said it. Uh, so, you know, it's it's awesome. You know, Jeremy has small children. I have small children, but I have daughters. And, mm-hmm. you know, I try to show them just as much, and I'm sure like your daddy did, just show you just as much as the boys. So there's no difference anymore. You know, uh, mm-hmm. ladies can do anything a guy can do. That's There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And I think it's awesome that you were able to go on the show and, and prove that you are – you know, you are what you say you are. Right. And I was just as curious as 
the guys, you know, Matt and them, I was just as curious as they were because they don't know they don't know the girls whenever they call them up on the phone and invite them to come. They all they know is what they see on their social media. And so I was just as curious as them when they told me who the other three girls would be because I had already followed them, too. Um, but I was anxious to meet them and see, you know, if all their pictures are just, you know, did they throw on camo and go in the woods and take a picture for likes or are they really a big time hunter? So I was anxious to see how they turned out to be. And, um, they seem Sadie, Sadie seemed to be more like me than the other two, but the other two, they love to hunt as well. I think Brooke started hunting when she was a teenager and, well, it looked like well, Kenty, what, what is the what is the the ultimate prize for winning? Well, we're still asking that question because they never told us beforehand. Like the winner gets this, um, the winner got congratulated, and I don't think a prize. I don't think they've planned a prize out yet, and there—I mean, there may not be one. Okay, so you don't know. So y'all, y'all won't know until the end of the show, until it airs. No, well, they didn't tell. Like that's pretty. Cool. All of us have been messaging about like the prize, you know, asking, you know, hey, winner, did you get the prize yet? But um, no prize has been awarded, and like I said, they didn't tell us on day one. The winner will get this, you know on friday so um we're just kind of saying you know even if a prize doesn't get awarded we all three of us got to shoot a buck and we're fine with that you know right right i mean yeah but it was the ultimate prize going being on the show having the experience but you know i didn't Mm -hmm. know if there was something out there that you know there was a prize but obviously we won't know it yet but Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty cool yeah. You know, we yep. we interviewed uh, Randy Caston from Liberty, what, Jeremy, about a month ago? A couple weeks uh, ago? It was episode, it, it aired um, last week, so it was the one that, that dropped today. But a, a couple of weeks ago, and when he won Forged and Fire, he knew going in what the prize was. So we didn't know if, if maybe this was the same, if you knew going in. But it sounded like y'all, you're... You got plenty of really nice stuff for being on the show. Yes, the and crossbow, the, the compound bow, the hunting gear, the bait. Um, we got the like the little heated hunts dispenser. We got all kind of stuff, and we, you know we were we all walked into our locker and we were like, "Whoa, it's like Santa came last night." I mean, our <laughs> locker was full of stuff. So that's what we say. You know, we still talk about the prize, but then. You know, one of us will butt in the little group text and be like, well, we all got to go hunt, you know, for a whole week in Louisiana, which they thought was so cool, and um, kill a buck or hogs. You know, one girl had never even seen a hog before, so all that was just mind-blowing for them. So no no prize has been awarded, but we're fine with how the week turned out, you know. With it being in Louisiana, is almost like, I guess, you know, a hometown hunt for you. But mm-hmm. where, where were the where were the other girls from? Um, Sadie was from Michigan, and Brooks from Pennsylvania, and then Sydney is from. I don't know. Sydney said she was born in Louisiana, then she moved to Connecticut and Kentucky. I think she currently lives in Kentucky now, but um, 
she'll be moving to Texas in a couple weeks, and that's where she'll be. So, but all that, I mean, the hogs, they were like, you know, Brooke was like, I've never, she was like, a, I look up and there's a big black hog coming out. I'm like, yeah, the hogs are usually black. <laughs> you know, she'd never seen one before. So she thought that was the craziest thing. And then uh, the coyotes, they were like, you know, one girl shot, I think Brooke shot a doe or something. And it wasn't but 30 or 40 minutes after she shot, she got to her doe after tracking it. And the coyotes had already tore it up. And they were like, amazed by that and to me i'm just like well it's just it's just kind of it's i mean they're just doing what they do <laughs> yeah well kenzie we're getting kind of toward the end of the show here we got a we got a few more minutes tell everybody how they can watch the show if if they're just now tuning in where can they find the other episodes and all that um so you can't watch it on netflix or hulu or anything like that um you got to have at least like you know, cable dish or direct TV or um, one of the bigger networks like that. And it'll be on outdoor channel and it'll air every continue to air every Thursday. Um, this week it will be episode four. So then we'll have two more after that. May 7th is the last episode. And um, you just got to check and see if you have outdoor channel. I know the outdoor channel um, is actually given the channel away for free the whole month of April. So I know we're getting near the end of that, but you may have the channel and you know, you may thought you have to pay for the channel, but it's probably free for you on your network. So you can watch it at six and nine o'clock again, every Thursday night till May 7th. And then um, that's central time. And then Eastern is seven and 10 o'clock PM. And then it actually re airs, um, on Sundays at, I think, 2 o'clock. Okay. Well, good deal. Well, tell everyone how they can look you up on Facebook, Instagram, and all that if somebody wants to give you a follow. Um, so, Facebook, it's just my name, Kenzie Schaefer. It's K-E-N-S-E-Y-S-H-A-F-F-E-R. And then on Instagram, it's the same thing, but it's Kenzie underscore Schaefer. And my Instagram is public, so if you've got Instagram, just hit the follow button. All right, Kenzie. Well, look, we enjoyed it. That was great. That was great. We appreciate you visiting with us. And, uh, and everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Check the chairman. God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on.